What up, all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 120 of Misfits and Rejects. If you're a first-time listener, please pull out your phone and hit the subscribe button. If you like this episode, please leave a comment and rate it at the end of the episode. It really helps me out in the ratings of iTunes. If you haven't yet gotten your Misfits and Rejects t-shirts, please head over to misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop. Get one of them. They're super comfortable. I'd be honored if you rep the brand of Misfits and Rejects and the message mean a lot to me. In today's episode, I sat down with Tommy Joyner. Tommy is a digital nomad who is creating multiple income streams for himself. He recently just brought a teaching certification franchise that enables people like yourself or anybody who wants to go teach abroad to get certified, to get their TEFL and go abroad and live a really cool lifestyle somewhere else, making money teaching English. So he recently just purchased this franchise and he's injecting his own personality, his own experience as a foreign teacher into the company. And really, I think delivering a really valuable service to anybody who's interested in getting their feet wet, trying to move away from wherever you come from, start a new life in a foreign country and make money doing it. I think this is a really cool opportunity. So if you're somebody like that, you can check him out at teachtraveltransform.com. And if you're interested, get a certificate from him because he's a really rad dude. And again, he's had a lot of years of experience teaching abroad. He also has another company, which is contentpros.io, where he it's a subscription-based content producing company where if you are somebody who does need content created for your online business or business in general, you can utilize his service where for a monthly fee, you can get content from him. Just say, hey, I need X amount of pages written on this subject and they'll create the content for you that is helpful in your marketing strategy or whatever kind of information trying to relay to your customers. There's a few moments in this episode I really like. Tommy's a very open and honest dude and, and really lets himself be vulnerable to the audience about his own experience as an entrepreneur, as a man in this world, trying to make his way and and do what he wants, design the life that he wants. And he says a few things, and I want to quote them right now, where he says, it's really important that people draw straight lines to their dreams. And that really struck home to me, like instead of making excuses on why I can't do something today because I don't really want to do it, well, that's taking the side road. That's just going to take me a lot longer to get to where I want to go. So if you really want to go design the life that you want, draw a straight line from the starting point to the finish line. And even if you don't know that road and how to get there, take that first step. And when you encounter questions of which road to take, think of what's going to draw you the straightest line to get to where you want to go and the goals that you want to accomplish. Another thing he said that I really, really liked was don't buy into the narrative that you have to suffer to succeed. I think as all of us go down this path of entrepreneurship, we all hear these success stories of people who just grinded for years, telling their story about how miserable they were, how they were running out of money, how it was just the hardship was just insurmountable, but yet they, they pushed through and fulfilled that dream or succeeded in that business venture. And those are great stories and those are tremendously motivating, but I do agree with Tommy that you don't necessarily have to suffer to succeed in this world. You can, again, draw that straight line towards success and then navigate through that without having to do the 12-hour slog or the 14-hour just pounding your head against the computer or whatever it is you're trying to succeed at. And I'm hoping that I get to be an example for you as I know myself well enough to know that I'm not ever going to be productive for 12 hours a day. So I do four to six hours, seven days a week. That's my commitment. And if I see my peers around me who are doing the 12-hour days and they get to where they want to go within three years, well, then I know it's going to probably take me six. And I accept 
accepted that. So just a few key things to think about as you're listening to this episode, because Tommy, like I said, just came on and was really just authentic, vulnerable, transparent with his path in life, how he's gotten to where he's at. And it's a really rad episode. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Tommy Joyner. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by Tommy Joyner, a gentleman I met recently through a mutual friend of ours. He's also in the Dynamic Circle, a group that I just recently joined of digital nomads who are designing their life in the way they want. And after getting to talk to him a little bit, I thought it'd be really cool to bring him on because he's had an interesting life story and what he's doing to design his life in the way he wants is also really cool. In the last episode, you heard from Aaron, who just purchased a business for himself to make himself a digital nomad. Um, that's not how Tommy got started, but he is in the process of purchasing an online business that already exists, which I thought would be cool to highlight as well. So with that said, Tommy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, dude, it's a pleasure. Um, Tommy is in Bangkok right now. I'm up in Chiang Mai. Um, Tommy, you are at the moment going through the what the franchise process. Is that what you would call what you're going through right now as you purchase this new kind of venture that you're going to start pretty soon? We'll get into that in a second. But what, what are you doing right now in Bangkok? Maybe can you explain to the audience? Um, yeah, well, I have my, my primary business, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I, uh, I, I, I taught English uh, a few years ago. That was kind of how I got my start abroad. Um, and I bought a franchise that certifies people to teach English abroad. So I'm over here in Bangkok right now going through a bit of a training program to uh, to learn how to appropriately market those services and uh, and get that venture off the ground. Yeah, that's super cool. And I'm highlighting this you know, at the beginning of the podcast just because we did come off of Aaron's episode where he did a really good job of talking about like the process of buying a business online that you can then take anywhere in the world, become a location-independent digital nomad. And make a very, if you've done your due diligence, a viable lifestyle with that. What kind of due diligence did you do prior to making the decision to purchase this this business, this opportunity? Um, yeah, it's a really good question, man. So uh, I think it really depends on like the type of business that you buy. I'm not sure if Aaron bought like a pre-existing business or yes, not. Obviously, in my case. Okay, cool. So I do have some experience doing that as well, but. Um, I think when you're buying a franchise, <laughs> you just want to look at like, um, you know, the support that they give you, um, the cut that you're going to get in terms of what the royalties are, obviously a proper evaluation of like the initial franchise purchasing fee, uh, is really important. Um, I think alignment is always something that like I go back to, like if you're not really into whatever business it is that you're buying, um, you better be able to afford to hire someone that is that can uh, run it appropriately. And if it's going to, uh, you know, take decent amount of time to get off the ground, uh, there should be, you know, there should be some, some passion there or some way to maybe in, in my case, kind of sell through my, my narrative uh, because that, that actually is kind of part of uh, what got me abroad in the first place. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of people going abroad to, to teach English as like their sort of their first uh, step and foray into 
to what they do afterwards. So uh, there was that. And then, uh, yeah, in terms of like more of an appropriate evaluation, like I spoke to various franchisees that already run the existing model uh, very successfully. Um, And then I met with uh, one of the directors in person more than a couple of times before I made my decision. So um, there was probably like two, two months of deliberation before I pulled the trigger. That's awesome, dude. Good job for taking the time to really do it right. So, I mean, you've basically just purchased a business that's going to enable individuals to come to you and get certified to then take that first step out abroad and teach English anywhere in the world. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, man. Um, you know, uh, pretty much everywhere you go in the world, you need a uh, you need a certificate to teach English or a background uh, in that um, at the very least. So this, uh, this kind of gives people the opportunity to kind of, uh, get their, get their feet wet. Uh, in addition, I've created a ton of other, um, supporting material to help them, uh, get jobs that I include, uh, with the, the purchase that they make. Um, so I think what sets me apart is like, I've, I've really been through that process and I have already created a ton of uh, backlog material that is uh, really relevant and helpful to people that are really trying to embark on that process and kind of holds their hand every step of the way. Yeah, that's what I really like about what you're doing because you did it, which I'd like to get into one second. But you know, you have done the research and really noted that there's not a lot of companies who are delivering the side of value that I think a lot of people, when they are about to take that first step, need. That little bit of hand-holding, that little bit of experience from somebody who went out and was successful doing it. And that's what I like about your model and how, although you're buying a franchise, you're going to really inject yourself and your experience of being a teacher abroad into the whole like uh, business model and, and marketing model. So can you take us through that, That I guess, maybe just take us back. Like, What was your life like? What was that big kind of push that made you decide to leave America and, and go out and teach English abroad? Yeah, man. Um, so <laughs> my story takes a lot of twists and turns. Like I always, I always like intentionally almost leave parts out because it gets so long to tell. But the the gist is, I graduated college in 2008, and I uh, I'm from Colorado, and I was still living in Colorado for a few years afterwards. And what did you graduate with? Sorry to interrupt. I graduated with a degree in economics. And then my first job was a was a job in in selling commercial insurance, and I sort of just fell into that. Like it was a friend of friend of my dad's company, and he kind of like agreed to hire me. And um, it was pretty brutal, man. It was like uh, you know, it was, it was hardcore sales, um, cold calling every day, uh, trying to set up appointments for people, and then eventually going on those appointments on my own, being like a pretty uh, pretty shy it took me a long time to get like confidence uh in myself in terms of interacting with what i deemed at the time like professional adults <laughs> so i was really uh really struggled with that but it was it ultimately like ended up being a really good experience but i did that for about two years and um i hated it uh and then i i just decided that i had to leave colorado one day so i literally uh i quit that job i i saved up a little bit of money and um i packed up everything that i had and and just drove straight to New York. I was about 25 at the time. Didn't really have a plan other than just going to stay with like some family friends and to get away from kind of my direct family and the party lifestyle that I was kind of still living <clears throat> after college and um, didn't find a job in New York. I lived there for like five months. Ultimately ended up in Chicago. I stayed there for about a year. Um, I got I got a job uh, 
downtown on Michigan Avenue. And um, I was kind of, I was doing uh, sales for a trade publication and I got involved in, uh, in that through like a Craigslist ad. But that was like the first job that I ever got for myself that my parents didn't help me out with. So I feel like development wise, that was like a big win for me. Um, and I worked my way up from, uh, yeah, from, from basically like, a like nothing at that company to, to being a manager and kind of overseeing like seven, seven or eight employees with like a big con- like corner office, uh, above Michigan Avenue and, uh, was making like over six figures on track to, to do pretty well. And then I decided that, uh, I had kind of proven something to myself and wanted to continue the idea of going abroad, man. So I had a buddy teaching English and teaching English in Seoul in South Korea at the time and uh, started jamming with him a little bit. I kind of had ideas to go back to Latin America, but realized I couldn't really make much money there right away if I made that jump. Um, so going to Korea was super easy, man. It was They set everything up for me. So I, I decided to go teach English there. And that was really, that was where it, where I think it all really started. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason I'm talking to you today. That's cool. It sounds like you did do a bit of traveling prior to getting the jobs that you got in or getting the job that you got in Chicago. And it sounds like there might have been a little seed planted somewhere along the way that you thought it might be interesting to live abroad. Can you talk about that seed, that where it came from? Yeah, man. Actually, um, I omitted part that I actually just totally forgot about. We talked about it briefly before the call. But um, so after I quit my commercial insurance job, <laughs> my buddy gave me the four-hour work week. And, um, I, I read that book by Tim Ferriss, which, you know, all of us are very familiar with. And, um, it just, it just made me realize that things could be different, um, than what they were. And I didn't have to live this life that I hated. Um, so initially I actually tried to go down to, uh, Costa Rica and Panama and, um, try and, uh, I had a friend that was uh, doing vacation rentals at the time. Um, so he would, he would basically book, uh, rentals in in aspen which is around near where i'm from in colorado and he would make a commission and he could do most of that online so i started helping with him helping him with that while we were traveling but we ultimately kind of crashed and burned we were in costa rica and panama for the total of like two months and i remember having to basically borrow like you know i think the fee to get out of costa rica is a tax of like 25 bucks or something and i I think i had to actually like have my mom send me money (laughs) and then i I got back to to the states, and then ultimately, then ultimately made my jump to to New York and Chicago. But that planted that 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 little fire was like uh, was there. Like after that experience, I was like, man, because I had almost made it down to Colombia, and in my mind, I was just like, I gotta get back to South America somehow, and that was it. What was it though? Like, what was the thing that was so intoxicating about that experience? I mean, I have a similar experience of it literally pulling change out of the, the seat cushions of a car that dropped me off at the Costa Rican San Jose airport to try to pay my tax to get out. Um, which for me was exhilarating and like freeing. And like, this is so like, I felt like a cowboy at the time. Like, what was it for you? Yeah, I felt like, so I felt I mean, I felt liberated, like just being down there and interacting with like all these different cool people. I was staying at hostels and stuff and meeting like just people from all walks of life, some of whom I'm, I still talk to, um, which is always the, the really cool thing about traveling, right? But um, I mean, for me, man, I think I experienced a lot more anxiety. Like I hadn't really, 
at that point like it, it was cool but like i wanted to figure out a way to support myself like i i was really concerned about what my family and friends still thought about me and i was like uh, i wasn't sold on entrepreneurship yet like i thought it was still the right choice to go back home and like get a job and then somehow like maybe try again in the future um to live that lifestyle which <clears throat> at this point <laughs> i think if i can give anyone advice man it's uh it's that you need to draw straight lines to your dreams. Like you can't, um, if you like something like that and you're like, man, this, this lifestyle is for me, like I got to make it happen. You know, my approach was to, you know, to go try and fit into this corporate lifestyle that wasn't working for me. And then literally take a detour all the way to South Korea, which I'm glad I did, um, to save money to then go back to Latin America, which, which didn't happen until like, you know, two and a half years later, three years later, uh, to make all that come full circle. And, realistically i probably could have just i probably could have just gone back down you know you never know how it works out but um it's an interesting journey <clears throat> no it is so you, you literally you got your teaching certificate and chose south korea instead of latin america because you could easily taught in south america or central america wherever you had chosen yeah well <clears throat> i think for me and maybe a lot of other people listening to this if they're like considering a lifestyle abroad um it's kind of like when you evaluate uh, teaching opportunities in South America, unless you get a job at like an international school or, I mean, there's more programs now, but it's like, uh, Korea and some places in China. And I, I think maybe even some places in Japan, like you can do everything before you leave the country. So like you can get a job contract, they'll buy you a ticket. Like you already have an apartment that like you already have insurance lined up from the day that you land. Um, so like there was just a lot more stability and there was a lot more earning potential versus like what I was going to make in Latin America. And I had, I had literally zero dollars. So the prospect of going down to, uh, to South America with zero dollars, uh, was just scarier to me. And like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, I mean, you can still make it and like, maybe that creates fire in you to like work even harder to figure it out, you know, but I did eventually get back to South America with quite a big buffer in terms of money, which made things a lot easier for me and a lot stressful, to, a lot less stressful to kind of like, adjust yeah no fair enough i think that you know we, we do follow the money when if the opportunities are more or less equal like we'll all probably choose the opportunity that's going to pay us a little bit more for our time that's pretty rational but just jumping back real quick i don't mean to get too personal with you but i think it is relevant to a lot of people's life situations where they feel that pressure you know from their family from their friends can you we talk about that and what that was to you i mean did you have somebody in your family saying like you're nothing if you don't come back and get a real job or what was it like for you? Um, yeah, man. Well, the day that I left Colorado, um, <laughs> I was, and, uh, me and my dad get along now. We had, we had some years, but, uh, uh, when I was leaving the, the driveway, um, like pulling out, leaving Colorado to go to New York, I think the last thing he said to me was like, you're going to leave, you're going to leave here without a job. And I was like, yep. And he was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> or something like that and i was like oh all right cool well thanks for the support man um so that there was there was that so there's definitely like family pressure to be like you know why don't you just you know why don't you stay here why don't you figure it out and then i had a lot of friends from college that like went they i mean they they started doing shit right away man and i felt i just felt lost like i didn't feel like a fit anywhere and i kept on like trying to do shit but i like i bounced around from a few jobs like got some jobs at temp agencies like nothing really like nothing excited me. Um, I just felt really out of place. And, uh, 
yeah and then a couple years after college i started hearing it from my friends like you know a couple of my friends made made some comments about like hey man you've already had like a lot of jobs so far like that's it's kind of funny are you ever going to figure it out and i was just you know stuff like that just started becoming more and more palpable uh to the point where i was like dude these guys are all like they seemingly have it figured out but like i'm not like them like I don't, I don't know what I'm, what I'm like, but I'm not like what's going on here. So I've got to figure that out. Nice, dude. I mean, good for you for having the courage to, you know, take that step out and, and try to figure out who you were. I mean, that's not an easy, comfortable thing to do, especially when you have people you love more than anything, not necessarily agreeing with your life decisions. But I think it's also a great example of you literally driving away with no job, like your dad said, and still look at where you are today. Like you make a very good living online, anywhere you want in the world. And you are that success story, which there are many people like you out there, but the, the differentiating factor is the fact that you took that first step, you know? So congratulations, dude. Like what an accomplishment. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I think it's really easy to forget about those things, man. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's easy to forget about like, all of those times and the struggles and really take for granted like where you're at right now. Like I'm sitting in this, you know, it's a pretty dope hotel in Bangkok talking to you right now and I'm going to Bali on Friday to live there for a few months. And that's like, that's my new reality. And it's like, you know, there, there shouldn't be anxiety or stress associated with that, but real life eventually does like kind of catch up again, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, we did. We touched upon that pre-episode as well in a conversation, which we can get to in a minute. But, you know, what kind of passions do you have just because I know and we'll get into that also, but like the businesses that you have chosen to go into? Um, well, the previous the one that you make your primary source of income from, which is what contentpros.io, which we can talk about mm -hmm. in a second. Like we talked about that not being necessarily your passion, but a, a good opportunity. So what kind of passions do you have in life? And did you ever think about marrying your passions to your work life? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm trying to marry my passion a little bit more with this new project um, because that involves like helping people directly. And I feel like I can impact, uh, impact a lot of folks, share my story and like really help change lives uh, in the way that I changed my own because as I mentioned, <clears throat> I really believe in that. So, um, yeah, man, there's that. I do a lot of writing. Like, I do a lot of personal writing. Like, if people follow me on Instagram or Facebook, like, basically, like, uh, do like a public diary every day. So, I'm really passionate about just like being authentic and getting my feelings out there and like putting myself in situations that kind of feel uncomfortable <clears throat> because I think a lot of growth comes from that. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. I, I really like personal development. I'm pretty spiritual. Um, studying buddhism a lot right now so uh i enjoy i enjoy stuff like that um really into meditation love yoga and uh love to hike too man nice dude i mean interestingly enough you know as you describe your writing passion like you know content pros your your flagship like su really successful successful business is about writing content which i know you don't do you hire that out but i mean that's pretty much in line with one of your passions you know yeah, my business partner said that to me the other day. It was kind of funny because I was like, man, this business like wasn't born out of passion. I was like I was bitching or something. And he was like, what are you talking about, dude? You love writing. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the way that our business like grew organically, it, it came from straight hustle, which I kind of explained to you prior. We just basically sold like what people would buy. Um, but now, I mean, 
yeah, our business is awesome, man. Like it's uh it's super helpful to people and it's a sustainable entity now and it's it's really cool and I'm really proud of it. Um I think sometimes when you're around something for so long, like, you know, I've been doing that straight up for almost like a version of that for almost five years in a row now. So you kinda have to like take a step back and get reacquainted with things and, and kinda get a new sense of appreciation or gratitude for them, I guess. Right. Um, before we touch upon like the inner workings of that business and how you chose it, can you just take us through the timeline really quick on, on your time in Seoul? Like how long did you actually spend as a teacher abroad? So I actually didn't live in Seoul. I lived uh, near Busan, uh, in a city called Changwon, um, which is on the Southern, Southern tip of South Korea and South Korea is such a small country. So it's only, you know, like four hour drive away and you're, you're going all the way across the country. Um, but I was there for, I think I was there for like a, yeah, about a year and a half. Um, and I decided to leave because I just, teaching English there is really comfortable. And I, I realized that I could easily get stuck there. And it was kind of nice, like the prospect of being able to, you know, save a few thousand bucks a month. Um, How many? How many thousand? Um, so depending on like what you're doing and like what kind of English teaching job that you have, um, like I actually saved, I saved, I saved about twenty five or twenty six thousand dollars over the course of a year while I was there. Um, that that's not typical. I was like, I had I had one job at a private academy, plus I got hooked up with this job through General Motors, where I was doing like uh, <clears throat> teaching English to like some mid level managers, um, which was really like they paid me a lot for that. And then this is illegal. <laughs> if you're on a contract, but I taught a ton of private classes. Like I just hustled pretty hard and collected a lot of money while I was in Korea. Wow, dude. Good for you, man. So then that basically gave you the buffer to make that leap back to South America where you didn't have to teach anymore. Exactly, man. So by the time I got back to, I traveled around, I, I volunteered in Indonesia for like five weeks after Korea, um, with this, uh, marine biology outfit and Rajon Pot in West Papua. <clears throat> uh and and dove all the time uh, like for like three times a day it was super cool and then i went to colombia for two months and i took an intensive spanish class and then when i actually got to medellin i was enrolled in a graduate school program because I, I wanted to start a business but i i wasn't exactly sure what i was going to do so the reason i enrolled in that graduate school program was just to just to meet people and stuff and i eventually figured out what i was going to do for a business and i dropped out of that program and you know the rest is history well, yeah, dude. Great segue. Let's talk about that business because that was really like very well thought out. It sounds like pre-conversation where you, you chose the business because you knew it was going to be viable. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, ironically enough, like um, I I kind of noticed that there was an opportunity to make money in the English teaching space, at least like selling certificates and affiliate opportunities early on. But I really didn't know anything about like blogging or content marketing or selling info products or or anything like that. Like I had kind of inklings uh, as to what that would be like, but really just zero experience doing that. So <clears throat> I was kind of trying to start a hustle that is similar to what I'm trying to rebuild up now um, with the brand that I'm building uh, back then. And me and my business partner were using Elance. Um, there's two freelancing websites back at the time called Odesk and Elance. They've now merged and become Upwork, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with in terms of just having that, that's like a freelance platform where you can either set up a job as someone who needs freelance work or someone who offers freelance work. Uh, and then you can negotiate contracts on there. So 
um we were just hustling on elance uh well at first we were just hiring graphic designers and my business partner he made the decision to set his account up as a freelancer and actually try to get some paid work himself even though he had no skills i was like what are you gonna sell man <laughs> like you can't do graphic design you can't really write like what are you gonna what are you gonna sell and he uh he made a, a a job ad or he applied to someone's job um that needed some help with uh email uh email copy they were writing some autoresponders <laughs> and autoresponders for anyone that doesn't know as well are just emails that uh like if you opt into a website give some, give someone your email address um oftentimes you'll get some uh, emails that have been pre-written that will go to your your inbox and they'll kind of like have a marketing strategy behind them so uh yeah so my business partner all of a sudden he lands a job and he convinces someone to pay him five thousand dollars for it um and he asks me to uh to help him out with it um to manage the project um so here i am trying to slang like 49 dollar ebooks and um my business partner just makes five thousand dollars um so it seemed like a much better opportunity in terms of like a direct path to money and that that changed a lot of things for me. Uh, that really opened my mind to the possibilities. And then I, I followed suit and I started pitching jobs. And a few weeks later, I got a job. And I, I got somebody to pay me $6,000 for a freelance gig. And I was like, man, we can live in Medellin for you know another six months, dude. We're good. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty eye-opening and, and, and things really evolved from there. Yeah, dude. Good for you, man. I mean, what a, what an interesting, you know, few dots to connect. And for a lot of people, it's not intuitive. And, and then all of a sudden you had that idea and you were able to create a viable business. I mean, now, you know, contentpros.io is a very, you know, viable, successful entity that you and your partner have been what sustaining yourself with for the last, what you said, five years, six years. Yeah, man. I mean, that's been the, the bread maker for the past uh, five years. That's, that's still the primary thing. And I think, yeah, I think it's sometimes it's easier easy to forget that, but I'm I'm extremely grateful for for Content Pros and everything that we've got going on there. So you and your partner live? Do you travel together? He's based somewhere, and you're based somewhere else. Uh, he's based in Medellin, uh, Colombia, uh, which is where I was primarily for the past like four and a half years up until this July. Um, but I've I've typically been a lot more in and out. Um, I I have like a a, a big affinity for Asia. So I'm back over here right now and I plan on staying here probably all of next year. Um, but he's, he's posted in Medellin. Got it. So then content pros as it stands now is like you guys receive contracts from companies that need people to basically write these kind of automated emails that are, you know, have that special sauce of marketing added in there that, um, you outsource to where people in the Philippines, India that basically do it for you and then you deliver a product? Um, that's a good, yeah, a good question and a good point of clarification. So when we started out, <clears throat> we were selling email copy and then we learned how to build like basic sales funnels and websites for people. And we just always outsourced all of that work. Um, but, um, we ultimately like turned that cause we were just selling project based work, like one at a time things back then. And we really wanted to figure out how to make a business that like sold monthly recurring subscriptions. Um, so eventually we turned that business into a content writing service where people pay us monthly for a set number of words. So they can get blog posts, case studies, um, or 
like press releases written with us, kind of whatever they want that falls within that realm of what would be considered kind of straight up content. Um, and that's what we run now. So we did email marketing in the past. Like that was kind of like how we got our start. But we've transitioned to basically write content that's just a little bit more straight up, um, like article based. Um, and that's our main focus at the moment. Got it. So me as, you know, surf progression techniques, I'm a, I'm a surf coach online. I need content written about the, the hottest, you know, surfers that are succeeding right now on the tour. I could come to you and you could give me like, you know, what, what, like 10 pages on each surfer. And then I could put it on my blog. Exactly, man. So if you wanted to do, yeah, let's say you wanted to do like a personal interview style case study on each uh, person and like their, uh, you know, their, their backstory plus like a little bit of history on their technique or like whatever they specialize in, in the surf world. Um, we could, we could put that content together for you. And the way that we would go about doing that is a bit dynamic. It would depend on, you know, the information that you had available. Um, like if we do like interview pieces for people, we generally ask that we get like a recorded interview that we could work with, or maybe even a podcast interview. Uh, or if that's transcribed, that's cool too. And then we kind of, uh, freshen it up and uh, turn it into a piece that's like nice and comprehensive uh, and go from there. Or, or we could just do a straight research-based piece with what we found online with the resources that you pointed us to or the resources that we found on our own. Ah, interesting. Very cool, dude. Then this new venture is, are you going solo on this new venture, which is what teach, travel, transform, where you uh, give people or help people get certified to be English teachers or are you and your partner both going in together on that? Um, yeah, so this will just be a side project of mine. Um, and we'll continue to run content pros, uh, together. And then he's got another, uh, another side project going on as well. <clears throat> um, so yeah, this is just an opportunity to kind of, uh, create, an, create another couple income streams. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think working in partnerships is really like an interesting thing. Uh, and I've been blessed to have a, a really awesome partner. Um, but I also think, with regard to certain projects that you work on, um, it makes sense to to dive into them solo, which is the case for for my new venture. There just wasn't as much congruence with with how we would work together on that one. Um, so it didn't really make sense. That's yeah, that makes complete sense. I feel like partnerships are great, teams are great, but at some point you definitely have to be a, be aware who's bringing what to the table, and if it just doesn't make sense, then. Don't go down that road because we talked pre-show. Like there's certain there's certain things that can undermine relationships, and if you know you call it, you guys are good friends, and it's better to keep it separate. Um, you know, going into this teach, travel, and transform venture, you're doing it solo. You are in Bangkok right now, going through the the necessary process as you purchase this franchise. Um, what kind of feelings do you have about it? I mean pre-show we talked a little bit about like there's it's it's new it's exciting but at the same time it's like you know what the fuck <laughs> like this is gonna be pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah man uh i'm i'm nervous uh there's a lot of work required i feel like i know everything that i need to do the reason i'm doing this is like i like to challenge myself and i like i like the idea of, of uh profiting from things that i create on a website and make money either through affiliate income or through info products, um, which is kind of what I'm doing here. And that's that type of marketing is not something that I've done for my current business. Like our current business, like really it's grown through like straight hustle and like outbound outreach. Um, so my, 
my goals are kind of two pronged. Like one, I definitely want to create like another sustainable stream of income. And two, I really want to acquire some skills associated with like a lot of these things that I know about marketing that I haven't really applied to any of the businesses that I have have run before this. Um, but yeah, I'm scared, man. Like I'm definitely like nervous. Like what the hell did you get yourself into? Like, is this actually going to work? Um, you know, I'm feeling that again, uh, which is, which is kind of great. Like, I feel like that's a, a blessing. Um, so, you know, man, I just, I just smile real big in the morning and, uh, you know, put the rap music on and dance it out, bro. That's, that's how I deal with it. Speaking of morning routines, like, yeah, what is it? Is that, is that really a morning routine for you? You wake up and you get your day going some hip hop and a little, little bit b-boying. Yeah, dude. So I, uh, I wake up in the morning. Um, I go for a walk first thing. Like I just wake up and get outside. I usually wake up. I wake up pretty early. Like I've been waking up about like 5 a.m. lately, and I just go straight out the door, man. And I walk for probably 20 or 30 minutes and just kind of like get the blood flowing. Um, and then I come back into my room. Generally, um, I listen to uh, a podcast. Um, so something. Uh, something usually like spiritual. I listen to like a lot of, uh, like I'm listening to a lot of Ram Dass talks right now um, from, from back in the day. Um, and uh, and I listen to Aubrey Marcus a lot. Like that type of content in the morning uh, usually kind of vibes with like how I'm feeling and stuff that I'm interested in getting me going. And then I, I take notes on that. So like I'll write down like a couple key points in terms of takeaways and a lot of times that turns into like content that I create for like my personal stuff that I post every day in terms of just like lessons that I'm, I'm learning or things that I'm thinking about that I'm trying to share with people. Um, and then after that, I, uh, yeah, I go to the gym, man. I go, uh, I go straight to the, straight to the gym and, uh, I do, I do a jump rope workout usually for like 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, mix that like with some weights, kind of circuit training, take a cold shower and then uh then i'm finally oh yeah and then after the cold shower i uh i dance around for like 10 minutes man i put on like the most positive like hip-hop that i can find sometimes i listen to reggae and i'll just like just dance and i'll like scream and bark and just get myself in like a good state and then i'll uh then i'll walk out the door that's so beautiful i mean i'm guessing that this is not what you saw your parents doing as you grew up. So you didn't necessarily adopt these behaviors from your family. <laughs> no, nah, man. Um, I did adopt a work ethic and a, uh, an ability to wake up super early from, from my dad. But, um, in terms of some of that other stuff that I work in there, that's, that's uniquely me. It's interesting. Cause as I'm getting more incorporated into this, you know, dynamic circle, these groups that we find ourselves in together, I do see that that common thing, a theme of everyone is really into that idea of being very efficient, very routine, and basically setting goals, trying to achieve goals. And I love it. You know, it's definitely what I need to, I think, help me succeed in the way that I want. Did you, have you taken certain routines from people that you admire that you could share with the audience with us right now? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I think like, uh, yes and no. I mean, before I knew that the morning routine was like a thing and it got marketed, like I, I definitely was like into having like a, a morning flow, but, um, I'm not journaling a lot right now in the morning. I guess I am a little bit when I kind of like take notes and like write my thoughts out from, uh, from whatever I'm consuming. 
<clears throat> but uh yeah I, like who, who exactly man i guess like you know tim ferris has talked a lot about morning routines i'm sure i stole some stuff from him there's uh the uh the miracle morning what's it called the 5 a.m miracle or the miracle morning yeah, it's um miracle morning, a, i'm pretty sure something like that yeah miracle morning that one's pretty good uh i listen to a lot of like i used to listen to a ton of uh entrepreneur on fire and john lee dumas is like always talking about morning routines and like kind of what he does uh tony robbins for sure like tony robbins in terms of like uh like getting yourself in the right state uh i've i've garnered a lot from like he's the reason that i dance and scream in the morning and that that actually honestly that's been that's been a huge game changer i've been doing that for the last like six months and that one like that just that just makes me that brings me from like depressed worried anxious whatever i am to just like a an extremely like heightened state of joy before I start my day. That's so cool. So that ultimately is the goal, which is to take your energy levels or your, your being to a place that you're ready to produce. You're ready to be positive. You're ready to create and, and start working and achieving the goals that you've set for yourself. Dude. Hell yeah. Because like one thing that I've learned over the past few years is like I've hustled and, and and grinded a lot and I really bought into the narrative that that's like the way that you should do things. Um, and I've suffered a lot and I have suffered and I've like justified my suffering um, in terms of feeling shitty or whatever and just been like, cool, man, this is just like this part of the process. This is just like you got to go through it and kind of get to the other side. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't think I've, I don't think I've created what I'm capable of creating over the past four years. And like this year in particular, I've changed a lot of things in my life uh, to focus on, you know, like what, like what it, what it might be to be a little bit different than that. And I believe that you can't create to the best of your ability. If you're not, if you're not already um, where you want to be emotionally, you're just not going to put out what the universe is like really capable of, of transmitting through you. <laughs> If I can say it like that. Absolutely. No, I, I, a good friend of mine, JP Morgan, I forget the number episode I'll put in the show notes, but he talks about we're co-creators. You know, we have a responsibility as 50% of our environment to create what we want in life. And yes, there's obviously circumstances which are out of our control, but we have to step out into the world with that attitude that's positive with the confidence that we can go out every day and achieve what we want and the morning routine like we just talked about i think is a huge huge powerful instrument to help with that can you talk about because i think you touched upon a, a vein i'd really like to go deeper on which is that narrative like why do we all think that we have to put in the 14 hour days that slog that sucky shitty sort of like work 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 in order to achieve maybe our financial goals in life like where did that come from Man, well, I think there are like a few people out there that are aligned with what they're doing, uh, such that they do work that much, but it doesn't feel like work. I think more more often than not, though, uh, especially in this space, you see a lot of entrepreneurs who just they they feel like guilty or something uh, because they think they should be working that much, and they are putting in like these long hours. But if you were to like actually document and film their day, you would understand that they're only you know, at best getting four or five hours of productive work in every single day and sitting around worrying, being anxious and uh, freaking out for the for the other part of it. Um, but I think like I think it just comes from uh, it's ironic because I don't think Gary Vee is like this at all. 
um, but he talks about hustle a lot. And if you really listen to Gary Vee, like his message isn't such that you should, you know, you should really grind that hard. Uh, but it does kind of get misinterpreted. So I think that's actually done some damage to the community in certain ways in terms of like what people think that they should be doing and how they feel like they should be spending their time. Um, more, more than anything, man, I think it comes down to alignment. And if you're misaligned and you're, and you're putting in those hours, like it's going to feel like shit and it shouldn't, man, like it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like it shouldn't feel that, that bad. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think just for the listeners, Gary V is actually Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a he's a big big wig within the circles that Tommy and I run in. You know, he's very outspoken about how he's created his success, and I think he's brought up some very interesting points that no one's ever really talked about. Um, in in that you know this entrepreneurial endeavor, whether it's online or brick and mortar, however you choose to to walk it, is a patience game. It's a long patience game that you have to keep grinding keep trying at and everyone's trying to sell the quick fix these days you know like oh i can sell you this online course whatever it's going to get you there faster i mean i'm even doing that in a certain way with my my online surf course instruction but it's like a lot of what we try to achieve in life takes time patience um going through certain things that we've never gone through before and then learning how to adjust the next time we're encountered with that same situation and so i have tremendous respect for gary what he's doing what he's preaching but i do know what you're saying where it's like he sometimes comes off like you have to put in 14 hours a day to to get to where you want to go which i don't i don't agree with like i'm only productive four to six hours a day and i know that about myself and i do stress about it because there has been such a precedent set where it's like oh you're not going to make it unless you're doing 12 dude that's just not me so what i've done is adjusted my mentality and thinking okay if 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 i have to be doing 12 and people are getting to where they want to get to in three years well it's going to take me six because i'm only willing to do half the Mm -hmm. amount of effort then so i'm willing to do six you know yeah no that's a good way to look at it too i think self-awareness is really key um in terms of like, like what you feel aligned with doing, man. And like, obviously there's going to be things that are uncomfortable. There's going to be things that are hard, but if you're not, um, you know, if you're not first aligned and have the good energy that you're showing up with, like just sitting there and grinding for no reason, just, it seems very futile to me. So, uh, yeah, on the same page there for sure, man. Yeah. It's like walking into a closed door, never reaching for the handle. You know, I feel like you're right. If you're not aligned with it, like you're literally just going to keep walking into a closed door and, and and not break through to where you want to get to but that's another conversation i guess um you know so just going back to your teaching thing i think that it sounds like you're very aligned with that and this is something that you know even though you have your your insecurities and apprehensions about aspects of it i love that you're you know going head in you're jumping in the deep end you're going head on into it um so just so the listeners understand really what you have right now you just purchased a business that if any listener out there wants to get certified to become a teacher, which enables them to go anywhere in the world they want, live, make money, and sustain themselves, that's the opportunity that you have for them right now? Yeah, pretty much everyone that needs it, that wants to go teach abroad has to get certified with uh, with what's called a TEFL certificate. There's a couple variants of that, but the TEFL certificate that I'm offering um, is uh, really well-established, accredited, uh, it's through a good organization, um, and in addition to the way that I'm offering it, um, I provide a bunch of free information that you really can't find anywhere else that really weave in um, some of my expert knowledge in terms of like little hacks and stuff that you can do. Um, 
uh, to to make that happen for yourself. That uh, that I think ultimately makes it very valuable. And then the last thing about that is like I have experience, um, you know, in transitioning from English teaching to becoming an entrepreneur and sustaining that lifestyle. So uh, if people are interested in hearing about how to make that transition afterwards, there's going to be more stuff coming uh, that helps people helps people do that um, to go from that exact situation to to you know where I am right now, for example. Right. If, so if people wanted to reach out about those types of topics right now, how would be the best way to get a hold of you? Um, yeah. So the website is teachtraveltransform.com. Three words, teachtraveltransform.com. Um, so people could actually just go there. And uh, I have a free webinar running for people right now that includes a lot of awesome information um, about how to do that for yourself. Um, that is uh, definitely the best place to, to start. Sweet, dude. And then if, if people need content, say there is an entrepreneur out there, somebody who has a business who needs content created for them, your other enterprise content pros.io can help them with that. Yeah, correct. So, uh, you know, any digital marketing agencies or anyone that has like a, any business, a business of any sort, really, uh, that wants like blog posts or something like that written at a really high quality level, I guess that's the other thing I should say about our business is like our niche is really higher quality content. Um, so our, our writers are all actually based in the States or Canada. So we are a little bit pricier, but the writing is, is really good. And, um, that is contentpros.io, like content professionals, uh, .io, contentpros.io. Sweet, dude. Yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes. Just one more final question, dude. Tommy, if you could talk to one spe specific audience member and just give them some words of encouragement, something to think about, uh, and help take that first step, you know, what would you leave us with some imparting words? Man, that's a, it's a really interesting one because I'm actually like, I'm going through like a big transitional phase in my life and I'm feeling certain emotions that I haven't felt since I made my first move. Um, and it's ironic to be feeling that seven years later after having uh, really uh, dove in. But I would say just trust your gut and follow your intuition and try to try to keep doing those things because, you know, just like Steve Jobs says, <laughs> when you look back, the dots ultimately do connect. Um, but Regret's a shitty feeling, man, and uh, I don't. I don't think that's one you want to die with. Beautifully said, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome, Tommy. Thank you so much for coming on and just being so open with us about your path to success as a digital nomad. Please remember, if you're looking for that adventure and you want to get certified for teaching abroad, you can go to his website, teachtraveltransform.com and get certified. And then you're free to go anywhere you want in this world and teach English and make good money doing it. If you need content created, he's also at contentpros.io where it's a monthly subscription and you pay per word, and he develops a lot of good quality content for you. As you heard, he only utilizes people within the States and Canada to develop that content for you. So it's a little bit more expensive, but the quality is really high. And thank you so much again for listening. Please, if you're a first-time listener, hit the subscribe button on the device you're listening on. If you like this episode, please rate it and then comment on the episode. That really helps me in the ratings on iTunes. And remember to go grab a t-shirt at misfitsandrejects.com backslash shop. Thank you so much. I think you all are so very, very beautiful. Please remember, draw those straight lines towards your dreams and you don't need to suffer to succeed. I'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new. 
to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.